Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to the Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. Let's take a deep breath and settle in and see what we can learn together. Yes, we're going to learn about choices today. So why is it important that we talk about choices? Children make choices all day long, every day, and so do we. Yes. Right? And we really want to empower our children to make healthy, mm-hmm. helpful, God-honoring choices mm-hmm. every day. And behind that idea of making choices, there is an understanding that they do have a free will, mm-hmm. as we do. And we want to help them learn to take their will and direct it towards God's will That's right. through making choices. So you were going to talk about the first choice ever. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. We learn about the choice in Genesis that mm-hmm. Adam and Eve made. And I just think that's just something to think about. You know, even then, there were choices put before them, and they made a choice that didn't honor God at all. <laughs> no. so, so we know that that is in our nature. Uh-huh. And so how can we help our children override that impulse to make a choice that is pleasing to them and instead make a choice that is pleasing to God? That's right. Make good choices. How Mm -hmm. can we do that? So we can't teach what we don't know. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, are we owning our own choices and our own behaviors? Mm -hmm. So here's some examples. Have you ever said... I have to make a casserole for a friend tonight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have said that, haven't mm-hmm. we? I have to do it. Something's making me do it. Mm-hmm. Have we instead thought about saying, I choose to make a casserole for a friend tonight? It's a choice that I have. Much better. Yeah, much better. Or how about I should work out in the morning? Yes, Yeah. definitely. <laughs> can't you just feel the burden of that word should? I yes. should it almost makes you want to fight back against it, yes. right? Well, I should, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah there's it, some... I can I'm going to fight back yeah, against that should, that pressure put yes. on me. And I think back about several years ago, I was meeting a friend early in the morning to swim. Mm-hmm. And I would think, well, I should get up and go swim with her. And I'll try to. Many, many mornings I would oversleep because hmm. I was never really in charge of myself. Wow. Other things were in charge of me, right? I just threw it out there. Say, you know, I should and I'll try, but I don't know what's going to be the determining factor of whether I do. And it wasn't until I made a shift of thinking about that, I'm going to set my alarm and get up and go swim with my friend in the morning hmm. and made a commitment to it that I started then following through. And, and there might be times when I would think, you know what? I'm tired. I'm not going to get up in the morning and go swim. Hmm. I'm going to sleep in instead. And so owning those choices that we have Mm -hmm. empowers us to follow through. Yeah, so you were making the choices. You Mm -hmm. weren't letting outside forces make that choice. That's great. That's a great example. And another example we might think about is, do we ever say things like, don't make me pull this Mm. car over. Don't make me call (laughs) your dad. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we're going with this idea that the children are in charge of us, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. And we have this belief then that we can make others do things. And so can we really make our children do things? No, we can't make them do things. And likewise, they can't make us do things. We have a choice in that. And that's really far-reaching. Yes. Because that reaches way into the way we train and discipline our children. Yes. So that, that goes a long way. So what do we teach our children when we use this kind of language? 
when we use that kind of language, we can possibly be teaching them that power lies in either pleasing others, mm. doing something for someone instead of doing something because it's the right action to do. Mm-hmm. Or we can teach them or train them that you can power over people by controlling mm. them. You know, you can make them do things. And, and we really can't. So those are kind of two different things that we can teach them in that when we really want them to teach them to choose. Yes. If they're doing things just to please the parent, how far could that go? So how, yeah. Yeah, what does that not, look like? If we're not teaching the them road. to make a choice with wisdom and discernment and to do the right thing, well, let's think about adolescence, mm-hmm. high school. I mean, there are going to be times that they are out and surrounded by others. And if they only are making choices to please others, what if the others they are trying to please aren't making the choices that are wise, that are Mm -hmm. God-honoring, that are the right healthy choices to make? So, yeah, we really want to build up that ability to discern right choices in our children. And that's where our focus is. Yes, making right choices, Mm -hmm. yes, and not being influenced by other people. Just to please them. Just to please them or control them. Yes. That could take you. If I believe that I am a victim to others, then I'm not controlling my own choices. I'm just letting whatever happens, happens. Either my alarm will go off or it won't. I'll either get up or I won't. I will do this or I won't. I have no say in the matter. Yeah, in life. In life. And then where would that take us in the future? Yeah, not to a healthy place. I know, just yeah. being a victim in life, that could take mm-hmm. you to some really unhealthy just yes. patterns and habits in life. Yes. So choices are very important. Choices That's are That's what very we're important. trying to lay yes. the foundation yes. for all, yes. in all this, yes. is that as parents, we need to teach our children to make wise choices. So what can we do as parents to help them make or learn how to make wise choices? So one of the first things we can do is just speak with intention. We can make sure that we are owning our own behaviors and mm-hmm. our own choices and and verbalize these out loud to our children. That's great. So what can we do to really teach our children to make good choices? First, think about ourselves. Are we owning our own choices? Mm-hmm. And so think about our language. Are we expressing that we are owning our choices and our behaviors? Kind of keep our focus on solutions always. You know, how can I solve this problem? I choose to do this. And we can also then start thinking about how we offer choices to our children and use it in ways that support their ability to mm-hmm. learn to make choices. You know, sometimes we really just want children to go ahead and do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we forget the fact that they do have free will, and sometimes they will be wanting to do something else. And so if you think about it, that really is a major milestone that a child reaches, that this idea when they begin to realize that I'm a separate person. Yes. That's what, six months to 12 months, that's when they... Realize that they're a different person than, than their mom. And then I think at 12 to 24 months, they're really starting to test those limits mm. then. of what, Where do I start and where do you start? And where do, what are my limits of who I am? And, what yeah. the, and so they really test that a lot by testing the boundaries and expectations that we put out there. It's not that they're trying to get us. They're trying to make us mad. No, no. They're they're learning. They're learning. Right. They're learning. And so within all that, we can really harness that will that they have. We don't want to set aside their will. We don't want to flatten their will. We want to take their will and channel it towards 
making God-honoring choices. Yeah, and I don't know if you know people like this, but I've heard people say, you know, I didn't have any choices growing Mm -hmm. up. My parents made all the choices for me. You know, we don't want a child like that. We don't want to develop a child like that. We want them to be comfortable to make choices. Yes, being comfortable to make choices. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's really important to keep in mind that we're training them to be able to make positive choices. That's right. And I think we had a couple of verses that we wanted to read here. Mm-hmm. Um, one is Galatians 5.13, and it's, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And then the Galatians 5.16 and 17, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. There's choices here. Yeah. We we need to make wise choices and teach our children to do the same. So let's just build up that ability to help them be confident in making choices, to keep their will strong, and directed towards God-honoring choices. So when are choices appropriate? Yeah, and so let's think about that. If you've listened to our podcast and listened to some of the episodes about the brain, you can think about it in terms of the survival state. So in the survival state, remember the behaviors or hiding, running away, there's no language involved, loss of eye contact. So a child who is in that state of behavior. And that's the fight, flight. That's the fight, flight, or freeze. You're going to see those are the skills available they are not ready for choices. Mm. So if your child is having a tantrum in the middle of Walmart, it's not the time to ask them to make a choice. (laughs) (laughs) What they need then is, um, as we've talked about, is calm, composure, and the assertive directions. Right. Hold my hand. We're walking out of the store. Hmm. You're safe. I'm keeping you safe. Hold Hmm. my hand. We're going out of the store. Perfect. But if you have a child who's in an emotional state, so let's think about that again, that they're acting from the limbic system in their brain, the world is not going their way, and mm. they are being verbally... Expressive. Expressive, <laughs> yeah, and aggressive, mm. verbally aggressive perhaps. And this might be the child having whining. I wanted a toy, I really wanted something, you know, and mm. on and on. Mm. So that's when we're going to talk about choices, when there's just a little bit of lingering, my will, my want, my desires mm. are there, and I can't have my way, yeah, that's when choices that's can be very helpful because we, you know, we think about it. Sometimes our tendency would be to use a positive and a negative. Mm. We want to give two positive choices, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Okay. So emotional state is a time for choice. So let's look at the executive state. When a child is in the prefrontal cortex, they're they're attending, they're focused, they're interacting with others. That is actually a time for problem solving. So it's not really a time for choices always then either. So is that when you give them an open-ended question? That could be an open-ended question, yes. And you can offer choices, but it's just something that you want them to experience. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment too. But the choices, the two positive choices that we're talking about right now are really more directed towards the emotional state. Okay, so now let's go into those two choices. So you have an expectation that's out there. Mm -hmm. Put on your shoes. Okay, that's my expectation. I've given a direction. The child has a little bit of a lingering feeling of sadness or disappointment because they wanted to play a little bit longer, but it's Mm -hmm. time to put on shoes. That's the moment I could give two positive choices. So it's not a positive and a negative choice. 
you can put on your shoes or I'm calling your dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can put on your shoes or I'm going to put them on, on you. Yes. So that's two ne- That's a positive choice and a negative choice. And we don't want them to choose the negative choice. Putting them on them is a negative? If every time our idea of a positive choice is, is to give, well, you can do it yourself or I'm going to do it for you. Then it would come across as a negative. That can okay. come across as a negative. Okay because I'm now the one in charge of doing Mm. it. And although that's not bad, if I do that every single time, then I'm never really offering two true positive choices for the child to do, to choose to do themselves. Oh, yeah. And meet the expectation. Okay, so two positive choices would be... You can put the right shoe on first or the left shoe on. There you go. (laughs) Which one one do you choose? Because then I'm giving them two ways to meet the expectation... And to make the right choice, mm-hmm. to do the right thing. So keep it simple. Keep that, it simple. That sounded very simple to me. Yeah. But it seems like you would have to think about it and practice it. Yes. You know, to kind of figure these things out. Yes. Sometimes it is hard to think of two <clears throat> ways to do the same thing because the expectation doesn't change. The expectation is still you're putting your shoes on. If there is a lingering feeling with that child about leaving their toys behind and putting on the shoes Go ahead and acknowledge the feeling that they're having about it. You seem really disappointed. You were hoping to play longer. Yeah. And it's time to put on shoes. Yeah. You can put the right shoe on first or the left shoe on first. Which one do you choose? Yeah. And I I like closing with noticing their choice. Oh. You chose to put on the right shoe. You did it. Now we can leave the house and go get our groceries to cook supper tonight. Because then they feel like they really accomplished something. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's a part of teaching. You know, going... Way to go. Yeah, yeah you, you contributed to this family. So what do you do when children resist this? Yeah, because sometimes it is, Cause it, yeah. it is sometimes hard. So you might have children who developmentally opposition. That's where they are right now. Yeah. And so we've talked a little bit about that. Think about our toddlers and our twos. They're trying to figure out who they are, where the limits are, where mm-hmm. you start, where they end. And so it's going to be very natural part of their development to oppose the given structure that you have in place because that's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah. And where's so, the line? Yeah. Where's the line? Yeah. Where's the line? And so, you know, good news is it's pretty simple to work with that. Uh-huh. It requires us to breathe, to not get involved <laughs> in a power struggle. If mm. We can't have a power struggle with our child if we don't pick up the rope and have the power struggle with them. We stay confident and calm in our authority. We breathe and we parrot the choices, mm. right shoe or your left shoe. Mm-hmm. And then instead of, of them wearing us down, we wear them down <laughs> we and they wear choose. Them down. Yes. <laughs> Keep <laughs> repeating. That's right. And so the same thing can happen with what you might call learned opposition. There can be several reasons this could happen. Could be because a child is stressed, because they're overwhelmed by a lot of things that have been going on. Mm-hmm. And so think about survival state. So that child is going to need more clear directions. I will help you put your shoes on. They've just completely meltdown and they can't mm, choose. Yes. So I'm going to help I'm going to help them put their shoes on. But if a child has had permissive parenting style so far, mm-hmm. so maybe they really were disappointed cuz they couldn't keep playing and so they resisted the choice of putting on their shoes and mom was worn out and she finally said, "Okay, fine. Five more minutes. Here, I'm just I'm just going to pick you up. I'm sure we're just going." Or she just gave into it somehow. Yes. You you can keep playing. 
So that can end up with learned opposition. Yeah. They learn that, oh, well, this is easy. Yeah. If I don't want to do something, I resist it. Yeah. And eventually that's what happens. We don't, we don't, I don't have to do that. So it's this pattern that we set up and they believe that to be the true pattern. Like, yeah. okay, this is how that works. So sometimes with that, it's going to take a little more breathing on our part. Let's say we finally decide, okay, I see what has happened now and I need to work to change this pattern. So it's going to require a lot of breathing, a lot of praying, a lot of staying calm in that moment and parroting those choices. Moms, dads, just stay firm, yeah. stay strong. And stay calm. <laughs> and stay calm, yes. definitely. Stay calm. Don't get into a power struggle with your child. You don't have to give away your authority at all. That's you right. You are the calm, loving parent that that child needs. Some takeaways for today. Think about your language. Are you owning your choices and your behaviors? Are there some shoulds and make me's out there mm. that maybe you could direct into a choose? And think about what is it I really do choose right now? Breathe and stay calm. That's always one of my favorite takeaways. Mm -hmm. And pray. And pray. Mm -hmm. yep. Offer choices and notice choices throughout the day. And connect with them. Play together. Remember the long game is to help your child choose God-honoring choices and to seek God's will in their lives. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at themindofachildpod or you can email us at themindofachildpodcast at gmail.com. Rock. Well.